Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Look, if you you had the pleasure of hearing my last conversation with Josh Morgan a few weeks ago, you, uh, you, you know, you, you know, we're in for a treat today and uh, I'll give you some introductions as we have the conversation, but let's pull Josh on into the conversation and say, good morning. How you doing, buddy? Oh, good. Thanks. Nice to be here, Ricky. So you're, uh, you're known as I cyclone. You're known as the hurricane man. You, you have a BBS special that's, that's been, that can be seen just about any uh, platform, including Amazon prime. Um, you have now been, as a result of Laurel, you've been in 52 eye walls. Um, you were in the eye wall of Dorian, of Patricia in Mexico, Hurricane Michael. You, you know, as I said on our last show, you're kind of a special kind of stupid, but you know, we won't, we won't explore that too much, but you're, 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 you're one of your passions is you're studying and, and being in the the eye of major hurricanes and you've been all over the world and it, it is your passion isn't it absolutely you know it's just a, it's i'd call it like an enduring obsession since i was literally a toddler you know when i was in my very first hurricane and uh, it's a feeling that just it's never gone away this need to just get inside these storms and observe them and now to collect data inside them yeah, and I know you do that. So you grew up in Long Island. You have a business in in uh, L.A. You have a good partner that it lets you, you know, work remotely, and uh, you do some great work there. But you uh, you moved to Bay St. Louis. You live in Hurricane House for the season. The pandemic, incidentally, you described in the last discussion, has limited your ability to travel internationally. So you're really sort of focused on the Atlantic Basin this hurricane season. It hasn't let you down so far, has it? No, exactly. If there, if I was going to pick a year where I was going to be stuck, you know, basically in the USA and unable to travel internationally, this was a good year for that because the USA has already had a lot of action. Three landfalling hurricanes, two really nasty little category ones, and then of course the very epic category four Laura. And we're not even to the peak of the season yet. You know, the climatological peak of the season is the the tenth of September. So you know, just the statistical odds are that we're going to get some more action. So yeah. I texted you during this that we had we had Laura out there, we had Marco out there, and I texted you a note that at one point they had they had both the tracks passing very close to Hurricane House. I said you're not gonna have to leave your home. Yeah, that was a crazy concept. I was like, okay, if one of at the center of one of these storms passes right over Bay St. Louis, that's going to be too weird. People are going to run me out of town because they're going to think like I'm some I'm some kind of a hex over the town, like I brought the hurricanes. I mean, people <laughs> think that way, so I was actually kind of worried, uh, and I was I was of course very glad that they missed. But Josh, I can find you on Instagram or Facebook by going to iCyclone. And and you can also go to your your uh, YouTube channel and see some amazing videos that you've taken from around the world. And if people are interested in really understanding what the inner eye wall really is like, Josh made a point the last time is that you know a Category Five storm hits, you're sort of in 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 the hurricane hit area, but you're not inside the eye wall. Well, you didn't actually experience a Category Five storm. You might have experienced a surge. 
but you didn't incur, you didn't incur the wind, it can be incredibly violent. So what I want to do, I want to do this. Let's talk about your Laura experience. So Laura is headed, you know, kind of continues to inch further and further to the west, and it you know started to zero in on the Texas Louisiana border. You kicked into all cylinders and headed that way. Take us on your journey. So the computer models have, have had issues this year. They, uh, it could be because of the lack of data due to less commercial airlines flying during the pandemic. Who knows? But the, the, the normally reliable computer, mo computer models, which are like my crystal ball into what's going to happen, are just like they're a mess. OK, so basically I got in the car and, uh, and headed west from Bay St. Louis toward the kind of Louisiana, Texas border area, but not really at all clear on where my destination was because the computer models were given such mixed signals. So I got to the region a couple of days before the hurricane, and then I basically did recon over a wide area from basically Metro Houston to almost Lafayette, which is a pretty wide area because the computer models were giving all kinds of possible scenarios. Uh, I will say right off the bat that uh, Southeast Texas, Southwest Louisiana is my least favorite chase turf on the planet. I like, I hate chasing hurricanes in that area. It's not that I don't love Texas and I don't love Louisiana, I do, but chase wise, this whole area, it's basically like one big giant marsh with like towns and cities built on it. Uh, the whole area is like, has no elevation. I mean like 20, 30 miles inland, it has like, you know, five feet of elevation. And what that means is you have, when a hurricane hits, you've got these huge gargantuan storm surges that just go penetrating 10, 20, 30 miles inland. I mean, it's incredible. And so it makes it very hard to chase hurricanes around here. You can't go to the, really to the coast because there's just, there's nowhere to hide. So uh, it's it, basically the whole area is a death trap. And that was why Laura had such a huge kind of, uh, there was a panic before it because you had an intense hurricane going into this very uniquely vulnerable area where you have whole cities that are just barely above sea level. So, so you get, you get there and it becomes clearer and clearer sort of where it's going to hit. But even, even as the eye approached, you had to relocate. Yeah. Now, looking back at it, I was just looking at the track the other day and you know, the Hurricane Center was giving the hourly updates, which it does when you have when they have a major hurricane approaching the American coastline. So you get this really nice, detailed, high resolution look at the track. And looking back at it, it was pretty behaved. You know, a lot of hurricanes, as they the eye wobbles quite a bit and, and it can you know, sort of like trying to catch a, like, a, like a fly buzzing around. Actually, in the end, Laura was pretty behaved. The thing basically moved in like moved in like a straight north, northwest, north track as it came ashore. And now it looks very obvious that that I picked the right location, but it was it was at the time, of course, it was very uncertain. But yet the very last second I relocated from Orange, Texas to Sulphur, Louisiana, because it looked to me like the landfall was gonna be around Cameron and then just head due north from there. And uh, I didn't write out the storm in Cameron because that's a <laughs> that was maybe not a sensible idea. Cameron's right on the coast, no elevation. Cameron, by the way, Cameron, Louisiana has a tragic history of hurricanes. 1957, Hurricane Audrey killed uh, hundreds of people in the town because of that big storm surge over low-lying areas that I was talking about. Rita in 2005 was devastating there. Ike, even though it hit Texas, was devastating there. Ike had a 
a surge that covered a wide area, kind of like Katrina. So I knew not to do Cameron. So I ended up in Sulphur at the very last minute. I literally made my final uh, relocation just a couple hours before the inner core, of the eye wall of the hurricane moved in. So we're going to come back to the, we'll come back to the eye in the second segment, but let's just stay with Cameron for just a second, because when it, when the storm first hit and now it's inland and some of the reports started coming out, uh, they didn't get water in some areas they expected to get water. So some people started to sort of conclude that the storm surge wasn't very high. You know, they said this is going to be another Katrina, et cetera. But in, in studying some of the some of the very specific reports that are coming out of the area just east of Cameron, they're saying it could have been 15 to 17 feet, which is really close to projection. And this is where, the, you know, the, the most amount of storm surge damage was done and potentially the, the, the biggest number of deaths. Uh, will occur in that basic area but it was a unique storm in that way it didn't have the opportunity because of the angle it came in to to the coastline maybe the time it was a relatively fast moving storm the fact that all these kind of things work together it didn't build up this gigantic storm surge throughout the hurricane like say, say a katrina did or like Ike did I, I had a pretty substantial storm surge but as you know i would say that area east of cameron was sort of like the Bolivar Peninsula was to Ike that just had just really concentrated, very deadly. And you never know where that's going to be, do you? I mean, you it, it. exactly. No, exactly. And I think that a lot of people kind of just on in the Twitterverse and everything were a little too quick to say, oh, you know, they hyped Laura. It wasn't that bad. No, actually, it was bad. It was an extremely intense, solid category for a hurricane ramming into the U.S. coastline. That's no joke. Like you said, it looked like the way it aimed maybe was slightly fortunate. The exact center of the eye or or, or the, the eye, not the exact center of it passed basically right over Sulphur, where I was, and Lake Charles. And what that meant is that those towns, which are two of the bigger towns or cities in that area, they had mostly like an east wind. It was the area to the right of the center, to the east of it, that had the southerly flow that pushed that huge storm surge onto land. And fortunately, that area is pretty sparsely populated. There are a couple of towns down there, and they did not fare well. Now, here's the interesting thing. If Laura had taken a track that was maybe, let's say, 10, 15 miles to the west. Let's say it came ashore, I don't know, around Port Arthur or something. I think that we'd be looking at a very different picture. I think that Lake Charles and Sulphur would have had that gargantuan storm surge because they would have had that southerly flow. Uh, as it is, it looks like those towns, there's a lot of wind damage. I mean, I mean, the winds in this thing were absolutely fierce, but it looks like these towns fortunately escaped the worst storm surge. There didn't seem to be like a ton of inundation in those towns. So let's do this. Uh, this is Josh Morgerman. He's the hurricane man internationally known. Um, he's been on all the major networks. We'll talk actually about what some of those interviews were this past time. He uh, was in the eye of Laurel. He was, uh, he's been in 52 eye walls. He's known as eye cyclone on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook. You can look him up. Uh, he's staying in Bay St. Louis for the hurricane season. Anyway, we'll be back after this break and we'll continue the conversation about the eye experience of Laura. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.